Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, high-profile Bitcoin ETFs, Visa buys NFTs, and we have Coin of the Day. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, August 23rd, 2021. I got an email yesterday that I want to reply to. And before I read this email, thank you for sending me emails, especially to call me out, especially to give me your opinions, especially if you think I said something wrong. Please always send me emails. If you want to ask questions too, if you want to do anything, Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co, send me an email. Well, this person, Doug M., sent me an email yesterday, what I keep saying about EIP-1559, which was implemented after the London Fork, and they said this, Matthew, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I like that you're relatively balanced in your coverage, both good and bad. I don't agree with your viewpoint that Ethereum gas fees are overpriced, as they are set by the market. This means people using the platform are willing to pay the price to use the system. I do appreciate that it's pricing out smaller players, though. And I'm looking forward to Layer 2 Solutions offering the experience to the people outside of the first world crypto natives. However, I'd like to point out your mistake in the way that you repeatedly say that EIP-1559 brought in burning so that issuance will go down and so that this will increase the price. While this is a consequence of the change, it was actually brought in as part of a solution for rapidly increasing fees during traffic bursts in order to make fees more predictable, but not necessarily cheaper on a block-by-block basis. The reason that this base fee is burned is that the mechanism prevents miners from colluding to artificially increase the gas fees at quieter times, a thing that is happening with gas tokens. If the predictable base fee went to the miners, they would have the incentive to keep it high all the time, which is the thing you complain about most. To suggest that the Ethereum devs are introducing measures that are intended to push up the price suggests that they care and only mostly about the price of Ether, which to my knowledge has never been something discussed in an Ethereum developer's call. Most of the teams are already rich enough to tend to worry about the price of a single F and certainly aren't deploying changes to make other people richer. They're trying to build a sustainable and long-lasting platform not to pump their bags. Sorry for calling you out on this, but you said it about three times in the recent weeks, and it's not true. But honestly, thank you for the content. It is valued, Doug M. Doug, I really appreciate the letter, and like I said before, anybody who wants to send me anything, let me know. But I want to reply to you, Doug. Your letter is implying that I implied that the intent was to pump the bags, not the consequences. And so we agree because your email to me says the same thing. You said in the second paragraph, while this is the consequence of the change, it was actually brought on as part of the solution for rapidly increasing fees. And so to this, I will say that I've never said the intent, at least I don't think I've said the intent of this was to pump bags, but the consequence. And if you remember, I have had on Tim Bako, one of the people who are involved with all of this, uh, twice to talk about EIP-1559 and the other uh, protocols that were introduced with the London, London Fork. So I was always very clear and very transparent on what the uh, EIPs were intended to do uh, from the Ethereum community itself, Tim Bako. So we had that on about all the EIPs. We had an episode specifically for 1559 and 
their NFTs that were being produced. So the intent of the protocols being introduced should have been clear to anybody who listens to this show on a daily basis. Uh, however, I am seeing the consequence. And the consequence of burning tokens does pump bags. It's simple supply and demand. And so the consequence is something that I think any, I don't know, Ethereum hodler that's not an Ethereum dev that isn't rich already is probably looking for. And people who are also, uh, you know, just playing in the crypto space. Maybe they're buying it as an investment. Maybe they like the ecosystem. And Ethereum is $3,300 plus right now. So are they buying the top? A lot of people need confidence. And if this brings a little more confidence and assurance in the space that maybe the number will go up. Um, so I just want to push back a little bit to say that I have laid out the framework completely around the EIP protocols intent in two separate occasions. But the consequence, as you said in paragraph two of your email, is that number could go up. And that's the thing that I am focusing on. And for the average hodlers, you know, most people, I don't know about you, Doug, but most people are buying, you know, $100 or $1,000 F at a time. You know, they're putting just a little bit in there, just buying fractional F at this point. The fees are high. And the only way to make that, you know, make sense in the future is that number goes up. Again, I just want to just emphasize that uh, my intent was never to say that the intent of the EIP was to make number go up. However, as you said in paragraph two, it was the consequence. The intent of the EIPs were spelled out through two previous episodes. And if I did say in these past three episodes or three times that you heard me say number go up, um, and I said that that was the intent of the protocol, then I apologize. And I would love to go back and edit that to change it because that is not true. Anyway, thank you very much, Doug, for that email. Now to those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 9.20 Eastern Standard Time, a little earlier than usual because I got places to be. Bitcoin is over 50000 at $50,170, up 3% in 24. Ethereum, $3,333, up 3.5%. Cardano, yowzers. I mean, I just would have never expected this. Man, I wish I put like hundred grand in Cardano back last year. It's at $2.83, up 10.9%. Binance Coin is up 12% at $500, and Tether is in the number five spot. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Dogecoin at 32 cents, Polkadot, USDC, and Solana, which is down 3%, and it's at $72. Total market cap, we're at $2.15 trillion, a BTC dominance of 43.7%, and an F dominance of 18.1. And now it's time for coin of the day the coin of the day is republic of dogs republic of dogs it's ranked number 2808 it has a total market cap of it actually doesn't say in the total market cap it says fully diluted market cap of 3.8 million dollars it has a 24-hour volume of 1.6 million max supply is one quadrillion Total supply is one quadrillion. And the price of the coin is so many zeros and a three, I have no clue what it is right now, but it's up 100% in 24 hours. Anyway, the only place you could buy Republic of Dogs right now is on BNB Smart Chain or on PancakeSwap. So you can buy Republic of Dogs there. And what is Republic of Dogs? Republic of Dogs is a proprietary hyper-deflationary token on the Binance Smart Chain network. We may aim to make a positive impact by collaborating with community-chosen charitable projects. Our hodlers are rewarded with Republic of Dog tokens without having to lift a paw. Get it? A paw. Lift a paw. 
On top of the automated buybacks from the Savior Wallet, every market sell will be activated with certain milestones. Republic of Dogs will launch a campaign to support a charity chosen by our community. This ensures that our funds will be allocated toward charitable projects where the community deems to be most of importance. So, apparently it's a charity token, apparently it's on Binance Smart Chain, apparently that it's doing all kinds of things, whatever. Uh, the only thing it doesn't say is that it is um, a charity for like animals or for dogs. Like the whole website, I don't see anything that says it's uh, charities for dogs, it just says charities. Uh, but the coin is called Republic of Dogs. So I am not too sure really what they do. Besides, they do a charity thing and it's for donations. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, uh, Republic of Dogs, there it is. It's there. It's on Binance Smart Chain. Obviously, this is not financial advice. Obviously, I'm not telling you to invest in it. But this is a new token if you want to check it out. Republic of Dogs. Moving into today's headlines, here is a list of all the high-profile Bitcoin ETF applications that are currently in play. As we know, like the Bitcoin ETF is like chasing the holy grail of Bitcoin investing. Everybody's looking for a Bitcoin ETF to come out sometime. We've been waiting for a long time. Is this the year? We don't know, but I keep talking about it, and let's just see who has applied for Bitcoin ETFs. Now, I'm not going to tell you too much details about these projects. I'm just going to tell you the name. It's just going to be a quick list. Uh, link is in the show notes if you want to go on a deeper dive. First one is Van Eck, as we know. Number two, Valkyrie Investments. Number three, Nidig and Stone Ridge. Number four, Wisdom Tree. Five, First Trust and Skybridge Capital. If we all know, Skybridge Capital is Anthony Scaramucci, the mooch. Number six, Fidelity. Number seven, Cryptoin. Number eight, Galaxy Digital. Number nine, Arc Invest. Headed by Kathy Wood. I personally am putting my money on. This is going to be the first ETF launch. Number 10, Global X. Number 11, One River. And one notable mention is Grayscale. Grayscale has yet to make a formal application for a Bitcoin ETF, but they want to. So I don't know why they haven't yet, but anyway, maybe they could be. Okay, it'll be a toss up between ARK Investments Grayscale, but uh, those are the top ETFs that are in the SEC's hands that they're looking at right now. When are they going to grant an ETF? Right when you think the crypto space can't surprise you anymore, when you know they're selling you know, pet rocks for $600,000 or something like that, uh, Visa comes in and buys CryptoPunks NFTs for 49.9F, or the equivalent of $165,000. Who, who would have thought Visa was in there buying ETFs, especially CryptoPunk ETFs? I guess they were watching Gary Vee and they said, well, if Gary Vee's buying CryptoPunks, I'm going to buy CryptoPunks. Anyway, they said over the past 60 years, Visa has built a collection of historical commerce artifacts from early paper credit cards to the Zip Zap machine. And yes, I had to look this up. The Zip Zap machine was the one where you placed the credit card into a little slidey thingy and it made the carbon copies on the three pieces of paper where the, you had one, one went to the uh, the receipt and one has like for, I don't know, safekeeping for the books or something. Anyway, three copies. And, they, and it was like, clack, clack, you know, and they brought it over to your table and it was loud, but it was pretty prestigious because you actually had a credit card and nobody else did. Anyway, the Zip Zap machine. Anyway, they continue to say, today as we enter a new era of NFT commerce, Visa welcomes CryptoPunk 7610 to our collection. And they said this via a tweet, by the way. Visa is doing this because they think that NFTs will play an important role in the future of retail, social media, entertainment, and commerce. And they're putting their money where their mouth is because this is what they believe. So why not hodl a little bit of NFTs? 
Uh, they said this, to help our clients and partners participate, we need a first-hand understanding on the infrastructure requirements for a global brand to purchase, store, and leverage an NFT. So there you go, wake up surprised every day. Not only do we have over $50,000 BTC, we also have Visa buying NFTs. USDC. We all know USDC is the stablecoin, and we know that it's backed by cash and treasury bills, according to a recent blog post by the Center Consortium. Center was founded by Circle and Coinbase, and Circle is the issuer of USDC, while Center oversees the entities that are allowed to issue the stablecoin and use their API. By the way, back to Visa. By the way, back to Visa. Visa announced in March that it begins settling transactions in USDC. Well, we know now because of a blog post that USDC is not totally backed by US dollars. It's not like one to one, uh, one USDC is $1. And if they have $22 billion USDC, they have $22 billion. No, it's not the case. They actually have a makeup of this. Cash and equivalents is around 61% or $13.4 billion. Yankee CDs, U.S. Treasuries, commercial paper, corporate bonds, and municipal bonds and U.S. agencies equate for the rest. Well, they are mindful that this pisses people off. And so they're going to start moving to one-to-one -one back by the dollar. They said this, mindful of community sentiment and our commitment to trust and transparency and of the evolving regulatory landscape, Circle, with the support of Center and Coinbase, has announced that it would now hold the USDC reserve entirely in cash in short-duration U.S. treasuries. So, because of everybody going, uh, I'm not too sure if that's really backed by the U.S. dollar, they're going to make it right. And by the way, Circle plans to go public. <laughs> this is a stock to watch. So, please, keep an eye on Circle. Oh, by the way, not investment advice. Got some good news for all my UK listeners out there. With all the bad news, when it comes to exchanges, when it comes to UK, when it comes to your banks, just kind of like, you know, just giving you the big old fist. What is that even supposed to mean? You guys figure that out. Anyway, starting Monday, PayPal's UK customers can now buy, sell, and huddle Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin. Customers can buy as little as $1.3 or one pound worth of the cryptocurrencies using their bank account. PayPal balance or debit card through a crypto tab on the PayPal's website and mobile app. So therefore, you guys can get exposure to Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, or Litecoin. However, remember, not your keys, not your coins. This is not your Bitcoin. You're not actually buying Bitcoin. You are buying the price of Bitcoin and hoping number goes up. So it's a good thing, yet it's a bad thing. Yet it's not quite the ecosystem, but it's still a good thing. Anyway, I'm happy you guys are getting more on-ramps to hodl the price of Bitcoin. And finally, Deloitte's annual global blockchain survey has found that 76% of finance professionals think that digital assets will, in quote, serve as a strong alternative to or outright a replacement for fiat currencies in the next 5 to 10 years. End quote. That is a huge statement. Huge 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 does not mean bitcoin it says digital assets by the way so what does that mean usdc usdt busd or does it mean bitcoin ethereum litecoin dogecoin solana who knows the firm surveyed more than 1,000 finance professionals based in Brazil, China, Hong Kong, Japan, Singapore, South Africa, the UAE, the UK, and the USA. It was conducted between March 24th and April 10th. 
But remember, during that time, it was a Bitcoin bull. We're talking about $65,000 Bitcoin. So uh, maybe they're a little euphoric. Maybe they're FOMOing. Maybe we're just like, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. What happened when it went down to under $30,000? I would love to see the same um, survey conducted during that time. Anyway, 81% of the respondents agree that the technology is broadly scalable and has achieved mainstream adoption. Mm, has it? 73% thought that their business should adopt blockchain or digital assets and would lose a competitive advantage if they did not accept the technology. 65% of professionals considered the existing financial infrastructure among the biggest obstacles from accepting the digital currencies, and 63% thought cybersecurity is another barrier, while 60% saw regulatory obstacles. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave me a comment. And always, you can send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co, anything that's on your mind. Any question, anything that's on your mind, I will try my best to always answer them. Uh, there's stuff is still in my emails right now that I'm trying to get to. I apologize about that. But always feel free to call me out. Always feel free to give me your opinions. I will read them on air. I am not ashamed of being wrong. And I'm not afraid of a little conflict or debates. Anyway, until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>